Welcome to Equestrian Movement's First Do No Harm podcast. I'm your host, Katie Boniface, co-founder of Equestrian Movement with Sarah Gallagher. We work with horse riders who want to build a stronger bond and a deeper connection with their horses. In our First Do No Harm podcast, we discuss with other industry professionals how to work with horses to firstly do no harm and secondly support their mental, emotional and physical well-being throughout the training process so that we have horses that enjoy learning and ask to be ridden. Each episode, we discuss the different influences our training can have and how we can improve our horses' overall athleticism, soundness of mind and body, and emotional fortitude, while strengthening and deepening our relationship with our horses. Each week, I will endeavor to bring to you a new episode on horse riding, training, handling and husbandry for an interview with other industry professionals to help you address where and why you might get stuck in creating the beautiful union of dancing souls that is the equestrian sport. Are you ready to kick off today's show? Let's get started. Hey team, Katie here from Equestrian Movement and today I wanted to talk to you about one of the things that our horses really value in us and each other. So this skill set (laughs) is uh, one of our foundational skills at our school and in our online program, Holistic Horse Handling, where we are getting our horses to feel safe to relax and feel safe to go to sleep around us. We hear from industry professionals all the time about, you know, being dominant, being strong, being, um, you know, able to push our horses through it, being able to be assertive and that the horses uh, respond to pressure release and that's how they talk to each other in a herd. But one key skill that is so, so valuable to the horses that I think is so overlooked is feeling safe to sleep. (laughs) It just seems so outrageous and ridiculous, but this is what we're about. Like, let's make our job easier. If you know, we have to work super, super, super hard to have our horses trust and confidence in us. We're kind of going about it the wrong way. We shouldn't need to push or bully or punish our horse into submission and into having trust, faith and confidence as us in us as leaders. Like we just want to be that person for them so that they follow our lead knowing that we have their best interests at heart. And one of the most valuable things for horses is feeling safe to sleep. And it's such a dysfunctional area of the whole equestrian industry because they are so disrupted from what would be natural to them for them to have quality sleep where they feel safe to relax and they feel safe to sleep. And what a horse wants to fall asleep is the security of its herd and for somebody to be standing by monitoring for threats while they relax and while they go to sleep. And even in like a two horse herd dynamic, which I have in my backyard, that is such a valuable tool for each other. You'll see them stand at a right angle to each other where um, 
Fitty, who, like, let's air quote, he's the boss of the herd, um, will stand so that Zodi stands directly behind him in his blind spot um, at, like, they stand at a right angle to each other. So um, Zodi creates that right angle to his hindquarters to, to watch his flank. So they both have peripheral view of each other. And I have watched... Zodi kind of earn that role and that position with Fiddy. I watch him help Fiddy regulate his anxiety and his tension by licking at him and nibbling at him and um, settling him down and then positioning himself, you know, at this guarded part of his flank and positioning himself at that right angle of his hindquarters for him to go to sleep. Zodi is small <laughs> compared to Fiddy. So it would take a lot, you know, for Zodi to earn that kind of status with Fiddy. That, cause Fiddy is a big horse and he's quite confident to take out, you know, anything that he feels threatened by. So it's been super interesting to like watch the dynamics of a big horse that's quite confident in itself build that rapport and that relationship where his two IC is like quite small <laughs> and incredibly flighty and nervous and insecure in himself. But with in that horse-horse relationship, he has a lot of confidence. He knows what his role is. He knows how to put himself in that place with Fiddy where he is um, protective of him and protecting him for him to feel safe to go to sleep. And that is such a valuable key tool and skill to develop with our horses to, you know, it's, it's so valuable in, in two points is that Getting our horse to feel safe to go to sleep in the one respect means that they feel safe with us so they don't feel like we are the threat. But then in the second point that they have trust and confidence in us to stand guard and look out for them while they are vulnerable and while they rest and sleep. And that's the key element there is that we want our horses to feel safe to be vulnerable around us because if they feel safe to be vulnerable and that we will kind of catch that and support that and make sure that nothing happens to them, that's where the trust and the confidence builds in us as the like in that horse-human relationship, in that horse-human partnership. And that's, you know, really more valuable to them than how well we can get them to submit. If we can start here, then all we need to do is just set some boundaries and manners for how we um, want a horse-human relationship to look like. But if we have our horses feel safe, secure, and connected with us, they feel safe to relax and fall asleep. We are not the threat. And then we have um, that compassionate leadership skills of trust, faith, and confidence. Our horses feel safe for us to stand guard over them while they relax and sleep. Then we can really start, you know, really building out that quality of relationship in, in each other. And it's when that quality of relationship establishes that we can we can really start to ask more of them 
So we see this, you know, as a significant problem just in like our normal equestrian industry of like, you know, horses are expensive. So um, having multiple horses is a big expense, but having a horse living by itself, they they really need something to make them feel safe so that they can sleep. And if it's not another horse, it does have to be us. But if we can, you know, at least arrange to have something neighboring them or have like a miniature in with them or something like that where they don't feel vulnerable um, or at risk to relax and to fall asleep but it's so important to them I was talking to one of um to our dentist and she was saying that one of the horses that she was working with had so many problems with just like collapsing randomly um and like in work and just being overstressed and like super reactive and sensitive and they ended up figuring out that the main problem was that the horse was living in a paddock alone and so it wasn't sleeping and like we really we really we really need to be paying attention to this we really need to be appreciating that our horses won't rest our horses won't sleep if they don't feel safe because they um, are prey animals and so they they need this for their own confidence to to relax in the first place. Uh, I saw this with bringing Billy, one of the school horses, to my place when he injured his eye is that I had them separated because I was worried about um, you know, the dynamics between him and Fiddy and if Fiddy would run him through the fence and not accept him. And, you know, he was okay the first night, but the second night I went out, he was, um, when I was going out to do his eye drops through the night, he was so scared that he was shaking and he wasn't drinking because putting his head down to drink puts him in a vulnerable position. So I spent, you know, about 10 minutes with him doing our relaxation work together. And after about 10 to 15 minutes, he took himself away and and had a really big drink because he felt safe to relax and have a drink while I stood guard for him because I was able to put my position there with him. And it's, it's just so incredibly valued valuable to our horses that we can do this for them and they actually do try to do it for us as well uh if you pay attention we brought um, one of our more nervous mares in to do some relaxation video work with her and instead when i crouched down because sometimes I'll sit down into a more restful state with them while we do this. I crouched down and she actually stood guard over me. So in that situation, she was showing me that she would protect me while I relaxed and, and had a sleep. And this is such an important um, horse dynamic in the relationships that play out together. Like I think of almost everything. This is one of their most important um, relationship dynamics that play out with each other is the ability to uh, watch over each other while they relax and sleep because sleep also is such an important thing that we all need to have. We can't be awake 24-7 even though the horses only have 
you know, that deep, deep sleep for half an hour a day, they do still rest in between. And so they do still need the sleep to function. Like sleep is so vital for health, so vital for being functional. And when the sleep is lacking, that's when we get all of the dysregulation of the nervous system and the stress and the anxiety and the tension and all of the things. And, you know, a horse that can't control its behavior is a horse a horse that can't control its emotions is a horse that can't control its behavior. If it can't control its emotions because it can't sleep because it's got nobody to look after it while it sleeps, then that's such an easy fix. Like we don't need to be getting trainers in to, um, you know, run them into submission and to get them to uh, do like join up into submission and different types of things. If we can just like alleviate this uh, lack of support to actually properly rest and to sleep. So ideally we would like to have our horses at least two within the paddock or at least neighboring each other. Um, even better, we want them to fully express their social engagement hormones and have some kind of herd dynamic. Ideally, like three would be great. You know, five, they seem to be pretty good with. When we get more than five, they tend to, um, like split out into different herds within that little, like, community of horses so like they seem to be most comfortable from what I've seen with the five together to support each other and then more than that they tend to to split out and but they still they still come together they still will drink together and graze together and whatnot they just kind of form these little separate units but together within the same paddock so super important, super valuable tool that we can bring to the table is showing them that they are safe to sleep around us. And this is actually one of our foundational skills in our holistic horse handling program. Our very first module is all about feeling safe to sleep and watching for relaxation cues. What do relaxation cues look like in your horse? And what happens is that you can have these like entry level relaxation cues. You know, our horses are really good at showing us that they are relaxing. So to keep things super simple and super basic, we're talking about two kind of functions within the body. We have rest and digest and we have fight, flight or freeze. So if our horse is in fight, flight or freeze, it's because, you know, uh, if they were like living in the wild, there'd be a threat. So the digestive system turns off. It doesn't need to function if they're threatened, if their survival is threatened and they just need to run. So that's one of the things like if you're, you know, eating lunch stressed, you're not producing digestive enzymes because your body is in fight, flight or freeze. And so that like can impact your health as a human. Same kind of um, biology with the horses is that the uh, the rest and digest switches off when they're in fight, flight or freeze. If they're on alert, if they're nervous or if they're running, um, that's what we talk about, the nervous poos. <laughs> They're going to turn off all of the functions they don't need for like um, maximizing, maximizing survival from like a predator. So the other thing is that the blood flow um, redirects to like the heart and moves away from the digestive system and that kind of thing. And so when we move into rest and digest, 
then we're going to turn off some of those functions that are purely for survival, um, like the dilated pupils and the ready to run and the cortisol and all of those kinds of things. And we're going to switch on more of the digestive function. So in that state of rest and digest, we're going to see them come into what we call our relaxation cues. And the horses are so good for this. Their relaxation cues are so clear and so obvious. Like if they're holding tension, their jaw is tense and their mouth locks shut. And if they're showing relaxation, then we might see the nerves like start to fire down the sides of their mouth, down their cheeks to their mouth. We might see the whiskers start to twitch and then we'll see the relaxation cue. They might rub their nose on their leg, wiggle their ears out, lower their head, swish their tails, that kind of thing. And one of the really valuable things to recognize is that these are like quite entry level relaxation cues. We can relax deeper, like the more safe that our horse feels around us to like be vulnerable that we're not a threat and we're going to protect them from other threats the deeper these relaxation cues get and our horses will show us where their level of comfort is so if your horse is coming down into that state of relaxation and they're just about to give you a deeper state of relaxation but then they snap themselves out of it and they're back up into alert that's like their level of vulnerability around us that's how comfortable they are with relaxing and being vulnerable around us and we can support them through that process and show up for them and show that them that they can go deeper with that relaxation and that's what we're always trying to do is we're trying to get them into deeper spaces of feeling safe around us and feeling like we're not the threat and we're going to protect them from the threat like more than anything else this is the basic needs of survival when it comes to social engagement and relationships and like community and whatnot. So what we're trying to show our horse is that they can relax deeper. We can support them to feel safe to relax deeper. You might see like deeper yawns, deeper let goes, and then maybe they'll even lie down and have a proper sleep around us. That's like really showing us that they don't see us as the threat and they do feel safe to be vulnerable within their environment and around us and within their herd which is so so key because you know when we're working our horses a scared horse can't problem solve rationalize and isn't going to store the memories very well to like facilitate that learning process a different area of the brain the area of the brain that is responsible for keeping them safe from threats fires a lot quicker and moves a lot faster than the area of the brain that is responsible for problem solving and this is what um what we talk about with like getting close to threshold that's what we're actually talking about is that you know our horses are starting to feel unsafe they're starting to feel like there's a threat and they are not managing it they're not coping with it and so they're very soon they're gonna start um responding like there is a threat like their survival and their safety is threatened and that's when they're going to go into fight flight or freeze and so we want to bring them back into that place of feeling safe 
to be vulnerable, feeling safe to relax, feeling safe to go to sleep around us. And then we have to like shift their brain into the prefrontal cortex with like learning behaviors because that's how they're going to do better problem solving and that's how they're going to retain information. And so what, you know, the traditional way of working with the horses was always like, super high pressure, not necessarily a constructive release of pressure with good timing uh, and not very good, like, cueing, you know, like, guide the behavior, mark the behavior, motivate the behavior. It was always just, like, push them into the behavior, push them into the next behavior, push them into the next behavior. And so that's really stressful. And, And what it means is that when it comes to learning something new, it's like having to learn the whole thing from scratch. Whereas if we get them into the prefrontal cortex where they're looking um, for answers and they're looking for problem solving and we're creating problem solving skills, we have that emotional agility. We can draw them out of responding to us out of fear and engaged and interested in learning and problem solving. Then, um, you know, the, the learning to learn process condenses really quickly and it's only you know a handful of times that we go have to go through the uh, guide the behavior mark the behavior motivate the behavior before they start to understand that we are looking for behaviors from them and they just have to seek the behavior that we're asking for and and then something good is going to happen and that's what's going to motivate them to do it again So if we can be super clear and intentional in this process, then it eliminates so many of the problems that we have in training because our horse doesn't understand why we're doing to them what we're doing to them, just high pressure tools of forcing them into behaviors and getting them to submit to us. Like it's not constructive. It doesn't make sense to them. It's like getting them wired and fired to be reactive and to protect themselves and be defensive and we're the enemy. Whereas if we can reshape our relationship, and this is what we talk about in the first module and then all of our holistic course handling program, and it's also what all my students have to do in their group lessons when they're working with our horses is they do the 15 minutes of relaxation cues as their groundwork is like, what does your horse look like when they relax around you? What does it look like for your horse to feel safe with you? What does it look like for your horse to be vulnerable with you? Does your horse feel comfortable being vulnerable with you or are, you know, they on alert waiting for the coin to drop? What's going to happen to them next? Having, and even that alone, like, Horses thrive on routine and consistency. If they know this is going to happen, 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 then they're happy because they know what's going to happen. When things start changing and we introduce something new, then we're going to antagonize them. They're going to get more reactive because they're going to be more worried and more anxious. We're getting them more into that fight, flight, and freeze part of their brain. Um, So if it's something that we're going to have to be changing their exposures regularly, then changing the exposures has to be the routine itself. So like how can you structure the way that you're working with your horse to be consistent, have a routine so that they know what what is expected of them and we're not just trying to catch them off guard 
So that's like the next module that we go through in our holistic horse handling skills is what does a compassionate leader look like? Who do you have to be to build that trust, faith and confidence from your horse? And again, we're looking at that trust to be vulnerable around us, that trust that, you know, we're going to stand guard for them, the trust that we're not going to be the threat. So part of it is the confidence in us to be good leaders worth following. And, you know, when we talk about dominance and being dominant and pushing the horse into submission and showing them who's boss, you know, that's all the horses are really looking for is it's not, they don't need to be bossed around to see us as a leader. They just need to see that we have the skills to keep them safe. You know, I I talk to this with my students. It's like, you know, would you do what a toddler asked you to do if an if a toddler came and told you to do something would you do it and you know some of them like if it's a mum, they'll say well maybe uh if it's like a teenager or a young 20 year old they'll be like definitely not and then you know the mum might be oh maybe depends on what they were telling me to do and then I say okay well if that toddler told you to go and walk across the road in front of a truck would you listen to them and then we get the (laughs) we get the hard no but if you flip it and you have like an adult that is that you respect and so for a lot of us mums you know it is still pretty hard to find an adult that we respect <laughs> if you find an adult that you respect and you know will have good judgment and make good choices for you and they ask you to walk out onto the road then you might listen to them so we are the toddlers to our horses if they don't see that we're asking them to do things that are in that are going to keep them safe that are in their best interest they're not going to do them and then that's when we get the fighting and so depending on the personality type you know we might get the horse that's more stubborn and digs their heels in or we might get the horse that's a little bit more assertive and it might push us around or you know, maybe lash out and nip at us or we'll get the horse that's scared to show authority and does actually want a leader. And so then they just send themselves in a tailspin and get super spooky and reactive. It's, you know, how can you show up for your horse as somebody that they actually want to listen to? And, you know, a lot of horses are just looking for somebody to tell them what to to do because a lot of horses don't really like taking the lead and a lot of horses don't really like making decisions. So if you can show your horse that you have those skills, then it alleviates a lot of the stress and the breakdown in that power play dynamic that can happen in, in training. And when we talk about, you know, oh, your horse is testing you, just push them through it, just make them do it, make it happen, get harder, more pressure, be stronger, you know, that again, that's why they're testing us is are we capable of making good choices for them? Because if we're not, then of course they don't want to listen to us the same way that we wouldn't listen to a toddler telling us to do something that we know is not good for us. And that can happen also, you know, if we are overfacing our horses. So if we are, you know, super oriented onto a goal that we have for ourselves, like, you know, a goal might be I want to canter or I want to hack my horse out or I want to jump or I want to event, whatnot. If you overface your horse, 
then they think you're the toddler. <laughs> they think you're the one that is not um, able to make these safe choices for them. Then that's when, again, we're going to see the behaviors. And, you know, maybe we've put a lot of effort into building that relationship and that confidence in each other and, and that rapport. And so we're like, okay, time to go. And we're ready to do this together now. And then you get into it and it all goes pear-shaped. Then we're back into these big behaviors of, you know, feeling like they feel threatened, they feel unsafe, they feel uncomfortable with, with what we're asking them to do. And so they're expressing it again through their behaviors. And they're the same behaviors that we've seen previously that we had worked through previously. The difference is, is that like we've asked more than we've shown our horse we're capable of and we've all we've asked more of the horse than they're capable of so does your horse have the skills to navigate this increase in challenge do you have the skills to navigate this increase in challenge and can you navigate it together and so it's um you know one of these tricky situations where we're always like foundations 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 it's not because like me as an instructor think that you can't halt your horse it's like not because like you don't have the skills it's like can you apply this conversation that you've taught yourself and your horse under these more stressful conditions in this more stressful environment you know this is like one of the things that we do to ourselves a lot is like, all right, now I know it all. Now I know what to do. Now we've like spent the last however long working on these skills. Now I can go do this big thing without realizing that there's like a sliding scale of how you're going to increase the stress and pay attention to how your horse is responding to the stress to cope with that increased challenge and that bigger experience you you can't go from you know being in their paddock where they feel safe secure within connected within themselves in the environment in a paddock that they know with a herd that they like and that they know to you know necessarily going to a different place and expecting it to be the same what we're doing in training is we're increasing their emotional resilience to stress we're increasing the window of tolerance does your horse have the skills to deal with the fear that they're going to have of changing the environment how can you increase your horse's tolerance and emotional resilience to that fear when we come back to it safe secure connected safe to be vulnerable safe to relax to relax and fall asleep around us that is how we are going to get our horses to be ready to take on the bigger challenge. And this is what we're doing in our holistic horse handling program. We are taking these, you know, individual skill sets that are required for our horse to look to us as you know, somebody that is going to keep them safe no matter what environment they're in, no, one, no matter what they're experiencing, no matter what's in their environment, no matter what's being asked of them we're exposing them to these different changes to their environment and the things that they're being introduced to and we're saying hey it's fine like I got you let's work through this together what do you need from me how can I support you 
to get through this so that you feel safe, so that it brings us closer together, so that you see me as somebody who can support you. You know, that's a completely different mindset than going into, you know, an experience with your horse, say like a trial ride or a competition or something. And, you know, you have these expectations and these goals of what you want to achieve. And then your horse has a meltdown and then, you know, you don't know what to do. You feel overwhelmed and distressed and conflicted, like your horse was perfect at home and now you're having troubles. It's you know, being able to kind of like emotionally detach from your own goals so that you can be there emotionally to support your horse. Because if we're emotionally attached to our goals, then we kind of miss the fact that our horse isn't coping because we're so consumed by the fact that we haven't reached our goals and we can feel like it's our horse's fault for getting in the road of not achieving those goals rather than thinking about, okay, you know, this is challenging. This is challenging for my horse. How can I support my horse so that it is less challenging, so that they have the skills to achieve it, both physically, mentally, and emotionally? And how can I show my horse that I'm going to support them throughout this process so that eventually we can reach our goals? And it is experience by experience that we do this we're inevitably going to overface our horse. We're going to create little micro tears in our relationship. We're going to break trust and confidence when we overface them. We're going to lose trust and confidence in our horses because they respond to being overfaced out of fear and that can scare us because then we feel like we're out of control and our horse is unsafe and dangerous. These little, you know, situations are inevitable. It's about how we pull back together and pull together as a team and work through these um, situations as a team, not just push our horses through it to achieve a result. How we're going to get through it together as a team that is going to make those goals that we've set for ourselves and our horses, you know, these big audacious goals feel so much more achievable and so much more, you know, exciting and like we actually have enthusiasm and motivation to get them uh, rather than, you know, consistently putting ourselves into situations that we're scared of and then, you know, becoming too scared just to do the basics with our horse because we've seen, you know, the full expression of who they are. <laughs> Sometimes we, we don't want to see, you know, where our horse can take it because it can feel unsafe and it can feel dangerous. And so then that's when you're going to start doubting yourself, you're going to back off and then your goals or even just working with your horse in a calm, safe way feels impossible. So flip the switch, change the direction, think about is my horse safe first? Do they, well, not even is my horse safe, but does my horse feel safe? Does my horse feel like I am support to them so that they can relinquish control over their experience to us? And then are we going to actually show up within that moment that they relinquish control over their environment to us as somebody that should have control over what happens to them, which we don't if they get, you know, hurt or if they get scared or if they get overwhelmed or if they you know, get stressed and we don't have those emotional agility skills. So how can you show up for your horse consistently and with the intention of 
every training session bringing you and your horse closer together as a team rather than driving that wedge and developing micro tears in your relationship and your horse's trust and confidence in you and their felt sense of safety around you. So that's it from me for today. Uh, jump over in the Facebook group. Let's keep this going. You know, I don't want you to feel alone in this experience. Share a time that you have overfaced your horse. You have heard a lot of the times that I've overfaced my horse and how we've had to try and come back from there. So share with us. Let's support each other. Um, you know, it, it means that sometimes we go against the grain because we're recognizing that our horse has different needs to you know just pushing and bullying them into situations and that if we can show them that we're going to treat them this way then we can build that respect um, in us that way but sometimes it can be challenging with the exposure that we have to our peers and whatnot so jump over to our Facebook group Share with us in the Stronger Bond community you know, situations where you feel like you've lost your horse's trust and confidence in you and you know that your horse has decided that they aren't safe with you. And uh, let's support each other in this experience and in creating horses that feel safe, that feel confidence, that feel trust in us and enjoy learning and ask to be ridden. Until next time, happy trails. If you're loving what you're listening to on the podcast, you might be starting to recognize that trying to control your horse through submission-based training is the worst way to ask your horse to look after you. If you're working with or riding horses, you know how unpredictable and sometimes scary they can be. Unfortunately, most struggling horse riders make the mistake of thinking they can physically control their 400 plus kilo fur babies by moving their feet or spooking them into responding with flags and join up. Without giving your horse a reason to care about you and look after you, you will most likely end up with a horse that is disconnected at best, shut down or explosive at worst because they can't communicate their needs with you. Especially if you are already scared, worried or nervous handling your horse. That's why we've created our new free online training experience, Building a Connection with Your Horse. This is how I've gone about creating safe horses for beginners, no matter the breed or previous handling experiences. If you want to learn the secret source behind developing safe horses that care about you and look after you without trauma triggering training methods, register for our new training today at www.equestriummovement.com forward slash connection. And I will uncover the three big mistakes you might be making if you're trying to build a relationship with your horse and how you can start building your horse's trust and confidence in you as a leader worth following.